We love to talk about dominant champions. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. But what about fighters that tore through divisions on their way to the title? I'm talking about the fighters that just had everyone saying, nope, not for me. Maybe they got the strap, maybe they didn't, but they destroyed everything in their path on the way there. I'm Tommy from MMA On Point. A huge thank you to the biggest channel supporters in our Hall of Famers. And these are 15 times fighters absolutely shred. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Breaded divisions. Number 15, Jessica Andrade. When Jessica Andrade moved down to strawweight from bantamweight, you just knew that everybody was in trouble. How are you guys doing? This wrecking ball came in by battering Jessica Penne, then subbing JoJo Wood before getting a fight of the night UD against Angela Hill to get her first shot at gold. She came up with nothing against Joanna Champion, but bounced back and had an impressive second run with UD's over Claudia Gadelia and Tisha Torres before she sent Karolina Kovalkiewicz to the Phantom Zone and then topped it all off by dropping Thug Rose on her head to finally earn that gold. While her run is split, which is why she's 15th, I doubt we'll see another run at strawweight as mean as Andrade's anytime soon. Number 14, Chad Mendez. After Mr. Money got kneed in the face by Jose Aldo in his first featherweight title fight, he decided he better get real good at hurting people, and wow did he. He bounced back from that loss by punching a hole in poor Cody McKenzie's Alaskan soul in just over 30 seconds. Then he KO'd Yatsen Meza in under two minutes, followed that up with a 68-second KO of Darren I can't die and they literally call me the damage Elkins. Not enough for you. How about a knockout of the night against the Clay Guida, the first of his career He'd only ever get knocked out one other time. Mendez went back to his wrestling ways against Nick Lentz for a dominant three rounds before a second ill-fated run at Jose, but man, dude became a killer after that first loss. What a Chad Mendez. Number 13, Glover Teixeira. Before he was old man Glover winning the title, he was terrifying 17-2 Brazilian prospect who had been held back due to visa issues Glover. Teixeira debuted in the UFC subbing Kyle Kingsbury in under two minutes, then followed that up by brutalizing poor Fabio Maldonado. Next, he knocked down Rampage and got a UD. That was followed up by a first round choke of James Tahuna. He can't! No way! And then a knockout of the night in under three minutes against Ryan Bader. You can see why people were thinking this guy would be a problem for John Jones. He was not, but when you're competing against the greatest fighter ever, what are you gonna do, you know? Still an incredible run to the gold that gave Glover a rep he held all the way to the end. Number 12, Paulo Costa. Big muscle man go boom is pretty much all you needed to know about Paulo Costa and his run up to that hugely hyped fight with Israel Adesanya, who knew he was such a comedian as well. The secret jewels. The massive build to his Izzy fight came, of course, from the champ himself, but probably more so because Costa was bulldozing the middleweight division. He debuted with a first-round TKO of Gareth McClellan, followed that up with a TKO of Alawale Bamboche. The UFC fed him poor Johnny Hendricks, who he TKO'd. Then he TKO'd Uriah Hall. I'm sorry, Adam. Which set him up for a monster fight with Yoel Romero that lived up to the booking. He didn't get the finish, but the two beat the shit out of each other, and Costa came out on top with some of the biggest anticipation for a title challenge in recent memory. Oh, God. I will destroy him. I will hit him so badly. He will cry inside the cage. 
Here he cries at the cage. Which made Izzy's win all the more spectacular, but Paulo earned his bruiser reputation and then some on the way there. Number 11, Justin Gaethje. He's the king of violence and he came into the UFC with that reputation. Undefeated 17-0 with 15 finishes. He debuted in a banger against Michael Johnson, where he somehow got the TKO win on zombie legs, but that's not where the run for the century starts because he would lose two in a row. No, things kick off with him deadshotting James Vick in the first round. Nah, I'm not the Homer Simpson of, bar, of MMA like you are. Then doing the same to Edson Barbosa first round. He beat the shit out of Donald Cerrone for four minutes, and then of course, his most impressive victory, a fifth round TKO stoppage of the unstoppable Tony Ferguson. He was so damn cool afterwards, too. He threw the interim belt down. He said he wanted the real one. What a fucking awesome moment that was. He would not get the real one, but he is a real one, and that amazing run from 2018 to 2020 absolutely solidified that. Number 10, Robert Whitaker. People sometimes forget that Welcher Wade Bobby Fisticuffs was not a guy anybody was thinking was going to win titles. He went 2-2 two and two to start, he was just kind of a guy. Maybe he'd be alright. But then he moved up to middleweight. Robert, what are you doing? You're too small. Oh my god, we were wrong. He kicked it off at 185 by TKOing Clint Hester, welcome to the division. Then he KO'd Brad Tavares in just 44 seconds. Nobody had done that to him before. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Four, not like that, his only other finished loss was a TKO in the second by Tim Bosch. Next, he had a pair of UDs against Uriah Hall and Rafael Natal before a first-round TKO of a surging Derek Brunson. That was the point I remember thinking, oh shit, this dude is for real. And damn, did he prove that by TKOing Jacare next. Only the second-ever such loss in 30 fights for Gator Man. Then he had those back-to-back wars with Yoel Romero. And you know what, since neither of them actually had the middleweight title on the line, I'm gonna go ahead and count them here. Let's give the guy that, at least he never got to defend his undisputed title until he lost it to Izzy. But man, what a run. Number 9, Rumble Johnson. Alright, if you don't look at the two DC fights, right? If we just pretend he didn't lose those two title bouts, both runs that led up to them were just absolute terror. If you don't remember the story, Johnson comes back to the UFC in 2014 and gets a UD win against Phil Davis. Not the strongest start, but Mr. Wonderful can be a problem. That's okay though, because next he'd get a 44 second KO against Little Nog, only so could you ever did it faster. And then of course he put away the very tough Alexander Gustafson in the first round after getting some sound advice from Gus's corner. That earned him that first shot at Cormier. It didn't go great, but he did launch him through the air with a punch. I've never seen that before and probably never will again. The second run up though, Jimmy Menawa KO'd. Ryan Bader KO'd first round. Glover Teixeira 13 seconds sent the dude's tooth to the International Space Station. That of course led to title shot two. Yes, he was no match for DC again, but holy shit, was that guy scary as hell otherwise during that era. Number 8, Yoel Romero. Speaking of scary, one of the scariest human beings in existence, in part because of his insane physique, in other part because of his horror show run from 2013 to 2016. Romero entered the UFC with a first round flying knee against Clifford Starks, good lord. He followed that up with a KO against Ronnie Marks, put away Derek Brunson in a banger, got a UD against Brad Tavares, Stoolgate TKO Tim Kennedy, I'm 
so sorry, Timkin, elbowed Lyoto Machida's head off, earned a split against Jacare, and capped it all off how he started it, a terrifying flying knee KO of Chris Weidman. Now that is a run right there. He would not fare well against Bobby Knuckles, as we mentioned earlier, but Whitaker will be feeling those wars for the rest of his life. Number seven, Shane Carwin. Before Francis Ngannou scared the shit out of everyone with ungodly power, Shane Carwin did it first. The civil engineer made his way into the UFC in 2008 by destroying Christian Wellish at his debut in just 44 seconds. Next came Neil Wayne. He almost lasted two minutes. Then the big old dude with lunchbox hands got his first real taste of top tier, Gabriel Gonzaga. The man had never been KO-KO'd ever, and Carwin put him to sleep in 69 seconds. Nice. That got him to Frank Mir for interim gold and another first round KO. He was annihilating everyone, my God. This, of course, set up one of the biggest heavyweight title fights in MMA history with Mr. Lesnar, and it didn't go so great for Shane. He retired after his next loss because of a back injury, but the man was seriously a terror, and the what if if he hadn't gotten hurt is really something that probably keeps heavyweights up at night. Number six, Conor McGregor. Oh, what a magical time it was when Conor McGregor ruled the earth. He came into the UFC as the Cage Warriors double champ, put away Marcus Brimich on the Facebook prelims, that spot on the card would change fast. Next up, he had that weird decision against Max Holloway because he got a bum wheel mid-fight, but he rebounded by TKOing Diego Brandau in one of the greatest moments in Irish history. Then, of course, he famously defeated Dustin Poirier, which led to his greatest rivalry, Dennis Seaver. He put tiny Brock Lesnar away in the second round, and while that should have been the end of the run-up to the title, a broken rib meant we got to see the man stop Chad Mendez too, a wrestler that everyone thought would be Connor's bane. Then, of course, there was the 13-second win against Aldo. It's the stuff legends are made of, about as good as it can get. Number five, Francis Ngannou. When was the last time a run-up to the title created so much buzz? Ngannou was getting Tyson-like reverence for his power nearly instantly. He debuted in the UFC with a KO over Luis Henrique, then he got a doctor stoppage against Curtis Blades that aged well, a first-round stop of Bohan Mihailovic, a Kimura he just learned in the back before the fight against Anthony Hamilton, a TKO of former champion Andre Arlovsky, and then the icing on the death cake, the all-time great KO finish of the ream with that uppercut. Now, Stipe would beat him for gold with the power of wrestling, and then he would have the worst fight of all time against Derek Lewis. Who the hell are you? But his second run-up to the title was just as insane as the previous, honestly, probably more. Curtis Blades would get it again, I'm so sorry, sir. Then came Velasquez in just 26 seconds. He would first round JDS, put away Jarzinho Rosenstroik in 20 seconds, and then he brilliantly took the title off Stipe in their rematch. Look, I know John Jones is the king of heavyweight now, but you are lying to yourself if you say the PFL Predator wouldn't be a real problem for anybody in the history of that division. Number four, Vitor Belfort. Do you know how hard it is to make this list with just three fights? Very hard. But the guy who did so and absolutely deserves a high spot is TRT Tor. The man was completely unstoppable. Only regulations could have ended his run. If they never take that guy's P, he is still champion right now, I am telling you. The new old jacked up Vitor started 2013 off by head kicking Michael Bisping and taking his eye. Then he head kicked Luke Rockhold, first round his first loss in a major promotion, and he capped his year with a third head kick finish in a row, another in the first round, this time against iron-chinned Dan Henderson. Vitor was so bad that everyone was writing think pieces about how it's probably not a good look that he's killing everyone. The Phenom single-handedly ended TRT usage in MMA. He is one of the main catalysts for things like the partnership with USADA. All of this in just three fights. After the epic wins, Nevada ruined everyone's fun, and a deflated 
eliminated, Vitor got TKO'd by Chris Weidman. Boo! Number three, Donald Cerrone. Look, people want to talk about, oh, Cowboy couldn't get it done in the big ones, blah, blah. No, stop. Dude was a killer. Starting in 2013, his run-up to a failed lightweight title challenge against RDA was absolutely ridiculous. He kicked it off with four performance bonuses in a row. First one, a triangle choke of Evan Dunham. Second, a head kick KO of Adriano Martins. You know, the guy who KO'd Islam. This is number one bullshit. Third, an RNC against Edson Barbosa. And fourth, most impressively, a head kick KO of Jim Miller, who at the time was 24 and four and had never been knocked out. He followed that up with a UD against Eddie Alvarez, although it was a close one. Then he just destroyed the future that was Miles Jury. Fuck you kicks on the ground. What a moment that was. He would take a decision against Benson Henderson before TKOing the always down for violence, John McDessie. Eight wins, five stops. Say what you will about his big time fights, but there is only one word that could describe Donald Cerrone. Bad motherfucker. Number two, Junior Dos Santos. When we talk about the all-time great heavyweight runs, truly barring probably Fedor just for longevity alone, there is maybe no more impressive or greater run than JDS's. Dude came into the UFC and TKO'd Fabricio Verdum in the first round. Knocking out an all-time great, I'd say that's a good start. Then he knocked down the skyscraper in less than a minute, made Mirko Krokop tap to strikes. I didn't even know that was possible. Eat your heart out, Fedor. Gilbert Ivel, first round. Gabriel Gonzaga, first round. Followed that up with back-to-back decision wins against Roy Nelson and Shane Carwin. Okay, they're not finishes, but those guys' heads are made of Max Holloway. He topped that runoff by winning the title in 64 seconds against Kane Velasquez. What a fucking monster. I know, he didn't hold the gold for long, but I would put that run at heavyweight against just about anybody's. Put some respect on that very happy, very dangerous man's name. Number one, Tony Ferguson. It's so crazy to me when I think of the current perception of Tony Ferguson, because it really wasn't that long ago that El Kakui had his absolutely epic seven-year lightweight run. The guy was truly the boogeyman living up to his nickname. It started with a Bravo choke against Mike Rio in the first round, because of course it did. Then he KO'd Katsunori Kakono in the first round, beat Danny Castillo on the cards despite being on his back the whole fight, subbed Abel Trujillo, subbed Gleason Tebow, earned a performance bonus in a decision over Josh Thompson. Who gets a performance bonus in a decision win? Then another Bravo choke, this time against Edson Barbosa. Then another Bravo choke, this time against Lando Venata. He followed that with a UD and a five-rounder against the always tough RDA, subbed Kevin Lee for interim gold, got it taken away from him, battered Anthony Pettis until he was forced to quit on the stool, and then he destroyed Donald Cerrone's face. The insane run would come to an end at the hands of Justin Gaethje, but man, Tony Ferguson was an all-time great. That interim title was as legit as any has ever been. You know who else is legit as fuck? The editor of this video, Luke Taylor. Please follow him on his socials. Tell him how much you love everything he's ever done. Follow Ben Rosette as well for those sweet, sweet tunes. An absolutely massive thank you to our channel champions. If you love On Point and want even more exclusive content or want to have a voice in the creation process for our videos, consider becoming a member by clicking the join button below the video. If you're not down for that, liking and subscribing would be just great too. What are some other killer runs that we didn't talk about? Let us know down in the comments below. Thank you so much for watching. In the words of Mick Foley, have a nice day.